Good evening, baseball fans. I realize that you're like, who is this voice? I don't even, I don't even recognize this voice. Good it's evening, Susie. Susie. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be ASMR, Susie. This is ASMR. Well, baseball to bourbon and baseball. <laughs> um, I've been sick, you guys. That's why we haven't recorded in forever. I realized that yesterday I recorded a, a podcast and sounded totally normal. A couple hours ago, I totally sounded normal, but um. This is this is the voice you get for for this, and I apologize for that. So, uh, you know, again, I'm Susie. That's Kelsey. We're going live on YouTube right now because Streamyard hates us. Yeah, not only does Susie's body hate her, but Streamyard technology also generally hates us. So we're working with what we got. We're gonna make it make it happen. It's it's gonna be delightful. So I'm gonna give you guys the rated R warning. Just know that if there are tiny ears listening, they probably shouldn't because this will be a rated R podcast, mainly for the language. Definitely not other type of adult content because that's not what we do here. Okay. That's not that. Kind of no, go look at Lars Newbar and GQ Japan if you're oh. looking to get into some of that. Yes. I'll join please. you. Yes. Please. Um, so, like I said, rated R content over here. Cuss words, inappropriate adult humor, talking about all of the balls, baseball teams, baseball teams, guys, get your minds out of the gutter, Jesus. Um, and with that, we're gonna we're gonna start. We have not recorded Kelsey and I. Well, I take that back. We did. We tried to record <laughs> on Sunday. Okay, this is part two. We may or may not be like jinxed because I think I feel like everything's against us, Kelsey. Everything's against us. You know, we're just having to prove our resilience right now and prove that we're going to work through it. It's fine. We can absolutely stand the test. Okay. That's all right. So you have ASMR Susie, bourbon and baseball. ASMR. Everyone's like, what the hell? Um, I was really hoping that I would get like the Phoebe. Yeah. Like, like, that, like <laughs> smell again. Like and that voice. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So sorry. Maybe by the end of the episode, if you keep pushing through. Maybe like I've got my hot toddy. Okay. I've got yes. like my hot my hot water. <laughs> there's some bourbon in here. So who the fuck knows where this where this show's gonna go? Okay. Nice. Is there is there is some bourbon tonight, guys. There is some bourbon. So we're just gonna jump right into some hot stew, hot stew, hot stew nose. Hot, <laughs> hot stew on the brain. <laughs> news. God. Guys, it is it is 9:51 on a Tuesday. Okay, like this we're is old ladies, so yeah. bear with us. <laughs> this is what you get. This is what you get. Um, so we're gonna start with some sad news that it's a little bit a little older, but that's okay. Um, sadly, Peter Seidler, the owner of the Padres, passes away. And he was like one of those man one of those managers, one of those owners that like genuinely loved baseball. He wanted to own a team because he loved baseball and not like he just wanted to own a team just to make money. Right. And I'm really interested to see what that does to the payroll. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if that transition is made as quickly as 2024. It certainly seems like there could be some changes in that direction with the trade rumors and stuff that we're hearing, but they've got a lot of long-term contracts, a lot of big money tied up. And yeah, it is really, really sad because he was so young, 63 years old. He'd been dealing with illness for a while, but we know that he was one of those owners that 
is the dream in professional sports, few and far between, but really loved his city, loved his team, loved his fans, and just wanted to put everything that he possibly could into bringing a championship home for the city and the team. So sadly, he is no longer around to do that, but it is a transitional time for the Padres, and and maybe that's not such a bad thing. And his legacy will live on of the pieces that he did set up because obviously they've got some really great, powerful, amazing pieces. But certainly after last season, maybe shaking things up isn't such a bad thing. And uh, A.J. Preller, who has been the, I believe his title is president of baseball operations for the Padres for many years now, was Peter Seidler's like right-hand man. Like The reason A.J. Preller is still there is because of Peter Seidler's relationship and and full trust in him. So they've let all these managers go through the revolving door and be like, nope, Preller's my guy. He's got it. So that's the other thing I'm really interested to see is how long his leash stays now. And, you know, Mike Schilt has been named the new manager for the San Diego Padres, which personally as a Cardinals fan, we're all very happy to see Schilty get another chance and former players who have played with him have come out. Xavier Scruggs posted uh, a great thread on Twitter today that I shared uh, just speaking so highly of Mike Schilt and the real impact and difference that he can make in the clubhouse. So I'm excited to see where that takes the Padres too. I feel like I went from like definitely not rooting for the Padres last year to being like, okay, 2024 Padres, I see you. Well, it's also interesting the fact that they let go (laughs) quote unquote let go Bob Melvin and they're like you can Bob Melvin it's okay you can go you can go to the Giants that's okay in yeah. division rival yeah we don't care and they brought like so I was thinking okay so they let go of Bob Melvin and there was obviously like quote unquote philosophical differences between him and AJ Preller so I was yeah. thinking maybe they would bring in maybe a younger manager maybe a little bit more and and I don't know Mike Schultz at all and I don't know his like coaching style um, managing style, but I, I would imagine that maybe it would, it would lean a little bit more towards what Bob Melvin did versus like, um, a new school manager. But again, yeah. I don't know. Is that, is that, is he known for his analytical takes? Like, I don't, what is it? Not necessarily. No. I mean, he is, he's very much a player's manager and mm-hmm. his strengths are, are in building relationships and being kind of an advocate and, and really an advocate for both sides. I think that's one of the things that I admire about him is that it seems like he's a really good middleman between the front office and the players. And that might be the most valuable thing that a manager can be this day and age. And Um, yeah, Ryan Flaherty, I believe was the other name that was being floated as the most likely managerial candidate for the Padres. And he would have been like that first time manager, probably a little bit more progressive, but Mike Schilt has been working in the front office with AJ Preller as a special assistant to the president, uh, for the last few seasons. So obviously again, that, that AJ Preller calling the shots and I'm sure that was very much you know, something that Peter Seidler was in on until the very end that, you know, he wanted AJ Preller to make that decision. So that's where it's going to be interesting. I I surely don't think there's going to be a sharp turn of like new ownership, big changes because of things that have already been put in place. That's just, you know, not going to be able to happen in full force. 
but maybe it doesn't need to because uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like to say similar to the Cardinals, but right. <laughs> there's a lot of differences between the Padres and the Cardinals last year, but the similarities were that they were like unpredictably horrible for uh, different reasons, but not super glaringly obvious reasons. And right. so maybe there's not a ton that needs to change about the Padres and maybe these little kind of nuanced, more or less forced changes will, will be the thing. Well, I'm wondering since Mike Schilt worked in the front office, maybe obviously I, I assume would have a better relationship with AJ Preller than exactly. maybe Bob Melvin did. And so maybe, exactly. maybe they can like coexist in a better, better headspace, whatnot. So let's, well, we, sh we shall see. But, you know, speaking of the Padres, though, I don't know how many teams have been linked to Juan Soto trade rumors. Like, yes. I'm all, I, I think, like, the only team that I haven't heard him be on is, like, the Angels. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've even heard, like, oh, are the Astros in? Shut the fuck up. The Astros are not in on Juan Soto. Shut up. Um, But, like, the most, quote, unquote, likely landing spots is the Yankees and I'm all, I don't, I, I, if I personally have a hard time rooting for Juan Soto and if Juan Soto goes to the Yankees, that just seals the fate yeah. of, of all of the things. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I feel similarly in that, like, I don't want to root for him, but there's something about him that I'm like, God, you're like everything that annoys the hell out of me. But for some reason, like, I do find him really likable, or I don't know if likable is the right word, but he has that, like, star quality. Like, I yeah. get it. He's but got, like, I a very, yeah, go ahead. Like, magnetic, like, yes, like, like that genesis while you're like why do i want i why do i want to watch you i don't want to watch you but yet i can't take my eyes off it's like a yeah. train wreck he's a fucking train wreck that's that's <laughs> he's a that's sparkly beautiful well-paid train wreck yeah but i com i also completely agree with you that like if he went to the yankees i do you think his personality would fit in there like i know he obviously has the star presence and the pressure i don't think would get to him you know the pressure yeah. of the pinstripes or whatever but i just don't really like do we need to see the yankees ruin another guy's swagger like they took it from harrison bader they you know they took it from jordan, cole they took it from cole. cole they shackled jordan montgomery from just wear, wearing his beard loud and proud and being the pitcher he was always meant to be for years I feel like they might take a little something from Juan Soto by, you know, making him play for the team and not for, for, himself, for himself or whatever the reason they don't have their yeah. names on their jerseys. You know, like, you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it either. I I don't know. But I like, do, however, see the Yankees actively very much trying to get him. And I can yeah. see where his bat would be super attractive to them. What, what a left-handed bat i don't stadium why why would the all right-handed bat yankee lineup need a left-hander like that's just silly that's we don't left-handed so if not the yankees where do you think the most likely place for him to be traded could be who needs outfield Ooh, no the d-backs wouldn't do that because is he he's a free agent at the end of this season or is at it, the end of 2025? 
I want to say he has one more year of control. I think, I think you're right. So I think it's the end of That's next season. Changer, so, but... yeah. so like one, uh, one year rental, I don't know, maybe the Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers are in and well in on anyone that they really want, which is so fucking annoying. <laughs> but yeah, I'm thinking of like, well, who would even who would even want to take on that contract? I mean, like, really, right? Don't. That's the thing is, like, I just don't think it's that attractive of a situation unless it was the perfect deal. So it's hard for me to imagine what that would look like. Like propose something to me and maybe I could weigh it, but there's not one that I can particularly come up with where I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense. And I, unless the Padres are trying to like rebuild their farm system, but their farm system's not horrible. So yeah, no, they're in a pretty good spot there. I can't imagine that would help them out a ton again, unless it was, you know, specifically just the right puzzle pieces, but Juan Soto, is he the type of player that like, you know, kind of like Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, like if he, Shohei Otani, if he's available, like you, you at least try to throw out your best offer. I don't know. Like yeah. he is, he has been. I don't know if it's just because the Padres were so underwhelming last season that like, Juan I don't Soto to the Mets. You are a Met, Juan Soto. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's <laughs> Hot stove breaking news. Juan Soto to the Mets. <laughs> right. You need to be bringing um, all the breaking news with your ASMR voice. You're hired. Done. Done and done. Jeff Passan has been replaced by Susie, but only as long as she's unhealthy. <laughs> He's got better hair than me. He's got better hair. I don't have really good hair. Yeah. What's your hair care routine, Jeff Kathleen? <laughs> Come on the show and let us know. This is what the people want to know. That's that's forget exactly Yamamoto. Who cares where he's going? We don't care. We don't care. Um, Pat Murphy, the bench coach for the Brewers, have been has been named their actual manager, and they're just they're burning it down. Burning it down. Yeah. Are they? Maybe they. Uh, non-tendered Brandon Woodruff, who was their very strong number two uh, in the starting rotation. He's not going to be able to pitch this next season. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But regardless, I mean, he came up in the Brewer system like, he's been your ace. What are you doing? I mean, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be really interested to see because they – they quietly had said something about like trying to shed payroll. And I figured right. that that was only going to be with the players. I think they let go like half of their scouting department. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so. Jeez, it, do you think this is all because of Craig Council leaving? Like it really seems like that happened and they were like, well, that just completely changed the trajectory for 2024. It kind of seems like it. Like yeah, it, it does. Tell That's us the story that like tell us you relied on Craig Council without telling us you relied on yeah. Craig Council. Well, and if then if you're the Cubs, you're thinking even more like, wow, yeah, that was definitely worth it. I just am so interested in in the whole like conversation of what kind of not only what kind of role the manager plays, but how effective and, and what kind of a difference maker they can actually be when it comes right down to it. And there's a lot of storylines like this one that make you think that. They are really the difference maker. So yeah, Craig Council's gone, and it'll be really interesting out. to see what happens with Corbin Burns. Yeah, if, if they do something with Corbin Burns, 
if Corbin Burns is not a brewer next season, yeah, then you know, like that's it. Okay, they're they, out. Yeah, they're 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 gonna tear it all down and rebuild. Like everyone's like, no, it's a retooling pitch. No, it's not. But yeah, depending on what happens with Corbin Burns, I'll be. I'll be watching that. What, Those babes, what are you what, doing? Oh gosh. Oh, I feel for them. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it breathe. We'll see what happens here before. I mean, I'm also over here as a Cardinals fan working through my own feelings of things that are happening that we hope the dust has not settled entirely on yet. So I I know that feeling, but Kelsey, old guys need <laughs> love too. Okay. I know, I know. I Listen, I am the one who stood by Adam Wainwright's side every step, every last pitch of the way. Hell, I'm a huge Rich Hill fan. Oh, my God. Love him. <laughs> but <laughs> when you put too many old puzzle pieces next to each other, the puzzle is not going to stay together. That's just – it's science, Susie. I said on my episode that came out today, I said, I, I like everything about it except for the science, the, the, the hard facts, you know, of having a starting rotation with the average age of 35 years old. Listen, that anyway. starting rotation is going to be fueled by vibes and Ben Gay. All right. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> so many ice baths. <laughs> then like. I thought I saw something saying that the Cardinals were open to trading Steven Matz. I have seen a lot of that as well. Yeah. And so that makes sense. And that would put them, I would assume, to in a position to be more competitive to not to, to potentially either trade for another top of the rotation starter or even sign another top of the rotation starter. So I like Steven Matz. I think he's had some really tough luck the last couple of years and I think he could be well utilized for any team in a, right. in a number of ways, whether it's as a starter in the bullpen. So I think he's an attractive trade piece and I don't know, like I, I, I feel okay about that happening as long as it ends with uh Yoshinobu Yamamoto in my starting rotation. Otherwise I'm like, I don't, I don't know why you're not satisfied with Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, okay? Now, granted, you guys did sign Sonny Gray, but I feel like if you, if, if y'all started with Sonny Gray yeah. and then added Yibby and Lance Lynn, you'd be ever. I think I feel like everyone would be a little bit more um, pleased with that. But like the way in which it came about, and I maybe is it just me? Why, why are we ranking Lance Lynn as your three? And Kyle Gibson no. as the five. We have a number two starter in Sonny Gray, and then we have four number five starters. <laughs> At best. At best. And I'm not, like, again, I love and appreciate these guys for who they are as players. They obviously have had consistent, admirable success in the major leagues. So I feel bad, like, not being happy to have them on our team because that's it's nothing, it's nothing personal. Right. It's, nothing personal. Right. it's just science. Like, right. it's good. They're, so, they're going to they're gonna eat innings. At, at, at the very least, they're going to take the ball every yeah. day. I don't know about you, but, like, generally I don't typically choose, like, quantity over quality. I'm a quality over quantity type gal, and I think that's how you play Major League Baseball or, like, any, No, really? definitely not. You, you definitely sign 
the almost over the hill pitcher that gave up the most home runs last season. That's that is because then you can have the pitcher who gave up the most home runs, the pitcher who gave up the most hits and the pitcher who gave up the most runs all in the same starting rotation and over the age of 35. That's the recipe for success. If I'm doing my math correctly and I did score absurdly low on the ACT uh, portion, specifically in math, that definitely equals a 90 win team. Yep, yeah. that's it. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we need a little bit of like flavor in the starting rotation. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like if the starting rotation were to plan a cookout, it would have boiled chicken. Yep. Boiled chicken. Yeah, maybe green beans, like not even green bean casserole. Just- no. Just like straight up green beans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no, there's no spice. There's no flavor. There's no cookout. Although I feel like maybe Sunny Gray could bring a little bit of down home. Yeah, he might bring the cornbread, get a little extra butter in there. Mm -hmm. Still not, still not the spice, but a little more filling. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we look at some, maybe we look at some like Latin pictures or. You know, definitely a Yamamoto would add a little bit of color. Just a little bit, though. You think the Brewers will give us Corbin Burns? <laughs> that would, I don't think that would add any more flavor. It would you not, would, but. You would be happier with the strikeout totals, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I would at least turn on the turn on the TV for a Corbin Burns start. Like, not going to lie, my panties are not getting getting moist when Corbin Burns might fit better into that Astros rotation next season actually I would love Corbin Burns I've been wanting Corbin Burns on my rotation it's a it's a pipe dream it's not gonna happen I don't know about how Brandon Woodruff who was their other the Brewers other top pitcher was non-tendered he was arbitration eligible for around 11 million dollars but his recovery time is six six to 18 months. So that's what the brewers are like. And they, maybe they know, have a little more insight in that. I'm sure than we do um, to, to just be like, we're not in a position to, to shell it out and make that assessment on him to not pitch in 2024. Still a lot to give up considering, you know, he's young and the, the outlook. Is it Tommy John though? Or is it a shoulder? No, it was shoulder surgery, which is. That's a little bit more. Yeah. There is. wracking. Yeah. Yeah, more of a risk or uncertainty there for sure. But we'll see We'll see him get picked up somewhere. There are organizations that tend to take those risks on uh, more than others. You know, it's it's where they make their investment, uh, yeah. whether in their medical staff and and stuff like that. So the Dodgers, I feel like, love to do that. Um, yeah, And sure. I can see them, them picking up big woo, but... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's uh what would your definition, I guess, of like a re what's a rebuild versus retooling or what the Cardinals trying to do, like retooling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a rebuild is a bug just like flew onto me, guys. Sorry. I feel like what maybe the Angels are doing is like a rebuild. Or like the White Sox. Why oh god. The White Sox <laughs> is a fucking dumpster fire. That's what that is. An avalanche. There. Um yeah. <laughs> Who's going to pick up Tim Anderson? I don't know. Who needs a shortstop? Anybody? Or, I mean, he can play second base. (laughs) 
the angels. I mean, yeah, I have heard. Actually, I could see, I could see Tim Anderson and Ron Washington just like ironing Tim Anderson the fuck out and just like, yeah, come on, motherfucker, we're gonna we're gonna get this shit knocked out. Like, I, I'm calling it Tim Anderson to the angels. That's what I need for Tim Anderson because. They're the same way that we were talking about, like Juan Soto. Like, there's just something about him that is like obnoxious. There's something about Tim Anderson that, even though I am not proud and do not condone his behavior in a lot of ways (laughs) recently, I expect more from him. And I think I see that in him. And I think he's just been dealing with some shit. And but he has, he has, there's some baby mama drama. Yeah, yeah, off yeah. The field. And so I um Mark DeRosa for team for the the coach for Team USA. Yeah. Was it was so funny listening to him and his comments about Tim Anderson before he met Tim Anderson oh. and then after he met Tim Anderson. Oh. And after he met Tim Anderson, he could not talk more highly of him. And really? he went, he went in and it, it wasn't in so many words, but you could tell like Mark DeRosa was like, I'm, I am not going to like Tim Anderson. Like he, mm. he like, there's, there was a, there was a segment that he, he had done where, I mean, he wasn't like flat out saying like, oh, Tim Anderson, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But afterwards he's like, Tim Anderson is a dude. Like he didn't care if he was going to play shortstop. He didn't care if he was going to be second base. Like he came up to me and he said, wherever you need me, I will play. Like I, where I'm, I'm just proud and happy to be part of the team. And if you don't see me in like, that's okay too. Like I'll, I'll sit on the bench and like cheer. And you could tell that like it hit Mark DeRosa and, and it totally changed his perception of him. And I really, I, I feel like, well, I feel like Ron Washington is going to take him under his wing and be like, bro, let's get this shit. Let's get this shit going because his season last season was not Tim Anderson like right. that, that we knew. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of, you know, like Jose Abreu leaving that clubhouse. I don't know how much that affected everything. I feel like maybe Jose Abreu leaving affected it way more than everyone thought it was going to. Seems like it. Yeah. And so I don't know if Tim Anderson's like, uh, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be like the head guy of everyone, like looking at me, you know, like I'm this, I'm the example. Like, I don't want to be the fucking example, you know? So maybe, maybe that got to him too. But I feel like Tim Anderson to the angels is going to be a, is going to be a thing. And it's going to be like a one-year prove it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely looking for a pillow deal for a chance because he has, he has the, the proven skill. It's there. There was definitely some other factors at play. And the other thing is that like there are those guys who can thrive in any kind of culture in any scenario and just kind of put their blinders on and and be who they are. But for a lot of people, and this is in professional sports and outside of it. The, the situation that you're in is very indicative of your behavior and 
and the outcome. So, I mean, personally, like as someone who has managed people in, in business, if they know that there, there are not expectations being held and there isn't anyone who like cares about them showing up and their performance and the way that we heard everybody talking about the White Sox culture last year, a lot of people are not going to show up and be their best in that kind of situation, yep, especially yep. depending on where you are as a person. So yeah, I absolutely agree that someone like Ron Washington and a, a different kind of culture could make a huge difference from what we see out of a guy like Tim Anderson and a lot of guys. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, and that's, did you hear, um, Ron Washington's, uh, one of his statements at his press conference and he was saying that he that the angels were going to run down the west and i was like ron washington i love you and i love his confidence but yes. sir <laughs> we we got to talk about your roster come on now like well they've got i think the angels are ones to watch because they've got enough big money again already tied up that they might as well try to go for it. I mean, you know, Artie Moreno is not going to shy away from throwing money around. That's that's. You think? Do you think he deals <laughs> Mike Trout though? Do you think Mike Trout finally is like, "Fuck all of y'all! I need oh, I need a ring! I need a ring, and I need to play in October." I don't, but I'm. I know I'm on a short list of people who <laughs> thinks that Mike Trout will not be traded. I also think, Susie, I also think Shohei Otani is going to play on the Angels next year. So don't get me started. <laughs> I uh, do. You, I do you am honestly? living in my own simulation. So I, really? I really do. Yes, oh, I do. Wow. Okay. I have, I actually, I talked about it on my episode that came out today. So if you want to hear me go into more detail about this, you can go check out today's episode of Peace, Love, and Baseball. But I'm I'm not gonna say that I might be right. I just have like a weird feeling about it. That's and and I I disclosed more, you know, specific reasons. It, I don't just have like this this feeling. I also have some other reasons to back it up, but I won't bore you with that as I talked everybody's ear off about it who wanted to listen already. But uh here I'll say it again and we can clip it if it by any chance happens. I'll be the only person that said it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Kelsey, Kelsey's got that. that Don't um, you want to play for Ron Washington in 2024? I mean, if there's a huge mountain of cocaine, let's do it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm with it, man. I might be able to play Major League Baseball then. Me too. Possibly. We will never know. I would run very fast, very, very fast. Um, but you know who's not going to play for for Ron Washington this season? Who? John Carlos Stanton. Mm, he probably wishes he could too. Probably. Probably. I mean, especially after Brian Cashman just seems like he has so much faith in John Carlos Stanton. Like, what the actual <laughs> fuck, Brian Cashman? Like, I Brian mean, Cashman, like, general, like, how would you feel if your general manager was just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's part of his game. He's just always hurt. It's not like John Carlos Stanton's, like, out here fucking, like, doing skateboard tricks. No. Like, or, what? like, breaking his leg on his motorcycle. Like from other people, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm like, he's um what I 
it's it's as it's as if you're saying he's like trying to get hurt or like that's just who he is. I'm all, I like what are you doing? Right, like even if you want to think that in your head, don't say that shit out loud, Brian Cashman. Right. I mean, and this is the the second big thing, second big Cashman moment of the same week that we're like, that's fine if you want to say that behind closed doors. Uh, you know, at the cigar lounge, but like maybe not to the media straight into a microphone. So he get, I guess he thinks his team is pretty fucking good, but not John Carlos Stanton. No, you know, like one of the most notable great teammates who is, you know, stuck with the Yankees <laughs> more Forever. than likely. Uh, but what I also found was really interesting that we got to talk about here is John Carlos Stanton's agent, Joel Wolf, who is a very popular, well-respected agent. He represents Nolan Arenado. Uh, he also represents Yamamoto, which people have been talking about. So he actually responded to Cashman's comments and we love it. We love what Wolf had to say here because it was very calculated. And I quote, I read the context of the entire interview. I think it's a good reminder for all free agents considering signing in New York, both foreign and domestic, that to play for that team, you've got to be made of Teflon, both mentally and physically, because you can never let your guard down, even in the offseason. Ooh, burn. Yeah. Like, what? Like, what? what is happening? This is way more of a reflection on Brian Cashman and the Yankees front office, like clearly unraveling, in my yeah. opinion, than it is on anyone else. I'm wondering, is is Brian Cashman just like, let me see how much crazy fucking shit I can get away with? Maybe. Maybe he's bored. He's been doing it for a while. That's true. Trying That's to stir true. the pot. I don't know. But to me, he is unraveling because the same... I, I'm not sure if it was here or elsewhere that I was talking about the comments that he made about, I think it was, we were talking a few weeks ago about when he said they're pretty fucking good. Like yeah, that, I felt like I was watching him have a, a mental break. Like the pressure is on and he can't handle it. And that's what's happening. And it's causing problems. <laughs> No, oh no, we have people looking for baseball talk, and of course we are here talking about the Yankees like everybody else, right? We'll yeah. move on soon, I no. promise. Well, but Aaron, Aaron is a Yankee fan, and so no. he's he's like lapping this up, okay. although he what? hates Brian Cashman too, so he's just like, what the actual fuck? But yeah, do you think this is the time? Is this it? Like, is Cashman finally on his way out the door? Because I'll tell you what I think for sure, and that is this is not the last we're going to hear about this story because this is something do you really think that not only Stanton, but Anthony Rizzo and all of those guys on that team, Aaron judge, you think Aaron judge is just going to show up and like, not let, let that be a thing that he remembers like captain stand up for your guys. I don't know. I think we're going to hear more about this specific story. It will be tied back to things that happen in the Yankees front office and yeah. relationships will never be the same. Aaron says, hashtag get Baldy out. Yeah. Um, side note. While speaking of the Yankees, did you see Nestor Cortez get married? No. This weekend? 
Yes. Nestor Cortez. Oh, I remember when you got engaged. Oh, that's so exciting. Got got, got married this weekend. All the guys were there. All of them. Except for Aaron Judge. I mean, maybe he was there, but he wasn't in the photo. Hmm. Like all of the Yankees slash ex-Yankees were in, including Josh Donaldson. And I was like, wow. Josh Donaldson? What are what are you? Why are you there? Yeah, I, I thought I thought no one liked you on the on the Yankees. Like what what's happening? Josh Donaldson there, and apparently that was driven by the media. Like teammates liked him, but Aaron Judge, where were you? Why were you not at Mister Cortez's? Yeah, what could you possibly have to do that's more important than Mister get married? Aaron, you will not ban my podcast. You hush. Hush your mouth. This is my favorite Yankee fan, Aaron. That's saying um, a lot that yeah. you got in her good graces as a Yankee fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay. All right. But Mr. Cortez rocking a beautiful like white tux. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I could see it. Um, also... Yankees, I need you to figure out your fucking hair policy. Okay, let the let the guys live. Let the guys live. Let it loose. Okay, like Labor Torres with fucking facial hair. Chef's kiss. Just. I know that this is not actually true, but I want like all of the cliche things about the Yankees to just like go out of style. I want people to just universally be like, we're over it. You're a major league baseball team like any other major league baseball team. And we just don't, we're not buying into these things anymore. I would love that. I would love that. Put fucking names on the back of your jerseys. What are you doing? Anyways, okay. Um, moving from one one side of the, the country to the other. Mm. The yeah, Oakland A's. Love. The Oakland A's are officially, officially moving to Vegas. They are not. Did you know that? I have heard, but they are lies. And I am here to be the only Oakland A's truther again. Otani to the Angels in 2024 and Oakland forever. No, I'm not saying that the A's are necessarily staying in Oakland, though I may think that might also happen more or less permanently. But I'll tell you what's not official, and that is them moving to Vegas. Yes, the owners unanimously voted to move the A's to Vegas, but that was one barrier of entry to Vegas. So you can check check that box, but there are a lot of other, not just boxes to check, not just I's to dot and T's to cross, but hundreds and hundreds of pages of many, many complicated documents that have to be approved by Major League Baseball before even next steps to actually take action to get the A's to Vegas can happen. And a big thing that's going to cause a rift here and cause it at at very least some major delays for them is that the teachers in Nevada are have have formed an initiative initiative called schools over stadiums where they're actively trying to get that 380 million dollars that has been approved by state legislature pulled from public funding for the stadium because they need it for the schools. And they are looking to put that on the November 2024 ballot. So it's probably going to be voted on this time next year and potentially taken away from them. Listen. That's all I'm saying. Education in Vegas is not important, Kelsey. (laughs) Okay? 
No one can count past 21. I mean, that's why they need the money. Okay. No one can count past 21. And our physical education comes in the form of pole dancing. Okay. Like it's, it's, that's what it is. All right. Well, this is what's going to be being said in court a year from now. I guess not that's, court, but you know, right, on the campaign right. trail. Um, I need to know though, like the mayor of Oakland gave out gift packages, oh, yeah. like care packages to only half the owners. I need to know what the criteria was for this. Yeah. Like, did she have a list of owners that she knew she couldn't move? And she was like, okay, right. I'm not going to waste my money on, say, like, you know, like Jim Crane. Or, or was he, or was she like, hmm, maybe this koozie and stress ball will sway some votes. I don't actually know. I, I, I think the gift packages were actually pretty nice, though. But she only gave them to half of the owners. And I'm really wondering, like, what the actual fuck. Yeah, that is really interesting. I mean, so they only they needed seventy five percent to get it approved. So, I mean, maybe it was just like a mathematical. If I get this I many, know. that's all I really need. I I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Um, it, it was it not was, effective, however, no, no, so. because it was unanimously. <laughs> I think the owners are like, just stop talking about this. Stop bringing it to me. Right. Like get it down the road and see if you can get it any further because John Fisher get out of my face. But yeah. But uh, you know, from this though, people have said, you know what? Fuck you, Oakland. We're gonna make our own fucking team. Not really fuck you, Oakland. Fuck you, John Fisher. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Because yeah. let's be clear. They, because they love Oakland. Yes. Yes. Love the green. And Oakland loves baseball. Yeah. And so they made their own team. And I think it's part of the Pacific Coast League. Am I? Uh, the Frontier League. No, the Pioneer Pacific. League. Pioneer League. Thank you. I'm like, I knew it started with a P. Yes. Um, And they've called themselves the Oakland Ballers. The Oakland, the Oakland Ballers, team. baby. I love that. And um, Dallas Braden. I need Dallas Braden to, to like call her commentate one of these Oakland bees games and I think it would just be fucking hysterical I think that does some sort of like contract something with Oakland A's but fuck it whatever but I don't even know where they're gonna play for like a year because their stadium won't even be ready for three years yeah so they're building them a new stadium yeah group it says they're gonna expand the seating at the stadium up of Laney College, which is an Oakland Junior College, and that that's where they're gonna play. Oh Jesus! So, well, I mean, I guess that's a good place to start. I mean, I guess anything is better than the the Coliseum right now. So, I don't know. Right. I feel like I really want to go out there for a game, though. Just, just to. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say envision. That's not the the word that I'm I'm looking for. To really like immerse myself in that experience, yeah. Before it goes away, I feel like that needs to happen. Let's do that, Kelsey. We'll go on a, on a field trip. I love that. Okay. I haven't been to. I've only been to the Bay Area once, and I haven't been to either of the stadiums out there, any of the cool. stadiums out there. So let's do it. Let's let's do all like California, just like Giants. I don't want to go to a Dodgers game, but Giants, A's, Angels. Let's do it. Let's do it. All okay. right.
So um, let's talk about the hot stove because the hot stove has been stoving and it's been hot. It's been so hot. The Phillies, yeah, uh, have, namely, have re-signed Aaron Nola for seven years, $172 million. Congrats to Aaron Nola on getting that big long-term deal that we know he wanted and so deserved. It was reported that he turned down other big offers from the likes of the Dodgers and the Braves for maybe a little higher AAV, but he ultimately took that hometown discount. And I love to hear that because yeah. one, we love a franchise player. It doesn't happen a lot anymore. And two, it it shows us that culture matters and there is more to the value of a contract than just that, that dollar amount year over year. So good for Aaron Nola. Good you hear that, Alex Bregman? Do you hear that, Braggy? Okay, I need you to take note. Listen in. Take note. I'm talking to you. Stay here. Anyways. Um. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see if he can get his ERA down a little bit more during the regular season. Well, did you hear about – so he was very effective in the postseason, and it almost seemed like – like, what is it? He's the Aaron Nola of yore. Like, what happened? And apparently, there was an adjustment that he made of just slightly of the way he was looking at, at one pitch clock that was like, I can't remember directionally where it was, but there's a couple different pitch clocks that he could reference. And he was looking at one, and the pitching coach was like, no, you need to look at this other one because it's affecting the way that your, your, your like stance and your mechanics and so he made that adjustment at the beginning of the postseason, and apparently that's why he was back to. Isn't that crazy? Back to old A's form. Which that, it absolutely could be something that I'm sorry when you operate at that that high of a level, it could be something that small for that is, sure. That reminds me of um, Brandon Fought, the like the super young pitcher for the yeah. Arizona Diamondbacks. Brent Strom, um, kind of. So he so Brandon Fought came up, went back down came back up when he came back up in the middle of the season they moved where he started from on the pitching rubber so he was standing on the third base side originally and pitching and he was walking a lot of guys mm, mm -hmm. they moved him to the first side first base side of the rubber and just that like that distance yeah all of those balls we're now in the zone and I'm all that's the fucking most like <laughs> absolute ridiculous minute tweak of where you stand. Like what? But you got to think like, that's a lot of what pitching coaches have to be for these days, because it's yeah. not like you get to the major leagues, not knowing how to pitch. Like there's, there's only so much they can do yeah. once you're at that level. But that is absolutely something that I guess watching everything <laughs> day in and day out, you might notice and say like, let's give it a go. Yeah. Aaron wants to know what are our thoughts on the pitch clock? I think it's fine. What do you think? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have I think feelings, but I, <laughs> I think it's fine as it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, The, there was a proposed thing saying that, you know, MLBPA like wants, or, or is, is uh, not MLBPA, I'm sorry, um, fucking Rob Manfred is thinking about lowering the time on the pitch clock again. And I'm like, fuck you, Rob Manfred, shut up. Why? I mean, I ha I've not even entertained the articles on that. I just like got annoyed by it and was like, why? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to know why. Don't tell me. Don't try to sell me on it, Rob. 
no. And but I also don't think that on the other end, like I also think that Max Scherzer is a whiny baby, and I don't think that his rhetoric, like what he's selling about yeah. it being, you know, something that puts the pitcher's health at risk. They're way too small of a sample size for us to be making any kind of assumptions like that. I get that the pace of the game needed an adjustment. I think it effectively did that. I I like baseball because it moves a little bit slower and because of the anticipation. And like I, I don't like necessarily losing that, but I get it. And yeah, I but I fully agree with you. Like just keep it how it is. You gotta have a larger sample size before you go changing anything. Yeah, no. Like if if anything, um, I would I would want to keep like how it is now, and then like maybe in the playoffs, add five seconds if you know like five seconds to both sides, like runner yeah. on runner off. Like I would be like postseason baseball. Give me more postseason baseball. Hell yeah, you know. But like on a random Tuesday against the fucking Royals. I don't yeah. want to spend four fucking hours watching that. Yeah, actually, I, maybe I do if it's Cole, if Cole Reagans is is pitching. Mm. But See, I, and, but regardless, yeah, but you know, like postseason, yes, give me more postseason baseball. You can extend the clock then. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm don't by no means do I, do I want it shortened. No, absolutely not. So there you uh, go. Yeah, Thanks, Brad. Aaron. Yep. So moving on from the Phillies. We talked about the Cardinals. Um, Reynaldo Lopez from the Guardians, his his pen pal, his buddy, Lucas Gilito, not going to the Braves. Um, funny, like weird kind of quirky thing is Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Gilito came up together and literally everywhere they went, they went together. Yeah. Trades, White Sox, Cardinals, like all of it, them all. Did the Angels for like a pit stop? What? I, and I'm I'm like it almost gave me like weird like side eye vibes. And I'm all how, why? And I was like, is there some like broke back mountain type <laughs> energy going on? Like you know, like that totally that fine. Something I hadn't thought of right. Uh, but I'm like, Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez are not two names that I thought would be linked ever. But totally yeah. linked now because, but you know, like I don't think I don't think that Lucas Giolito will be signed by the Braves because I don't think Lucas Giolito wants to give one percent back to the Braves. <laughs> okay, he doesn't Maybe want not. to give one percent back of his contract to that, the Braves. That's definitely going to be why he doesn't sign. I do think it's cool that Ren Ronaldo Lopez is going to be stretched out as a starter for the Braves. I think that's a good opportunity. It, it's a, it's a win-win for, for both of them. Good fit. So overall I was happy to see it, but yeah, I didn't even think of where's, where's Lucas. Don't even know. Don't even know. It's, it's, it's odd. Um, Kenta Maeda also signed with not the Braves, but moves from the twins to the Detroit Tigers. And I'm like, Oh, all right, Kenta. Like, Two for 24. Um, he gets $14 million this next season, $10 million in 25. And now sneakily, I'm like, um, are the are the Tigers gonna be interesting next season? Yeah, they are, especially because the twins are not. And the <laughs> White also are shutting payroll. Not. Yeah. No, because of their division, absolutely. I yeah, I think the Tigers are gonna be young. 
and exciting and they might as well be in it. They've got as good of a chance as anyone right now. Yeah. Like it'll be really interesting. They've got um, Spencer Torkelson. They've got Carrie Mize, Casey Mize. I'm dumb. Um, Carrie Wood, I want to say. That's, I think that's it. But they've got some like young. Oh, uh, Tariq Skubal. Yes. Like sneaky, sneaky name. I want to say he ended his season last season with like a low twos ERA. And I'm all, I'm sorry. Who? What? Yeah, and they've had some good pieces here and there for for a while too. And I as much as obviously Miguel Cabrera is amazing for baseball, and it was it was awesome that he got to end his career the way that he did. They also have a lot more flexibility without yeah. him on the payroll anymore as well, or without, you know, having to make up a, a point to get him at bats. So I don't know. Javi Baez, are you going to figure your shit out? Javi Baez. What are you doing? <sighs> he was one of those players that like, I, I used to love to hate, like I hated him because he was so good, but now I just like, forget about him. Well, it's it's because he swings at literally everything. Yeah, literally everything. I don't know, um, but it's it'll be interesting to 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 watch the Detroit Tigers. I'm like, I don't. AJ Hinch, what are you cooking over there? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. So, well, the White Sox have made their move. They have made their offseason move. They have signed Paul DeYoung to a $1.75 million deal. He is they their new shortstop. They saved themselves $11 million? I mean, listen, and Paul DeYoung is a stand-up, buttoned-up, charitable, wonderful, amazing human being. So he's definitely going to be a good organizational change for them in terms of culture. Yeah, uh, that's what they're looking for. But he's he's not he's not going to be like the new Jose Abreu, leader of the clubhouse, necessarily. But he's a really really good dude, and I would love nothing more than to see him come back and play some really good baseball again. So good for him. I will be happy to be close by to see him play this coming season. Um, another guy on the move. A, Eugenio Suarez, Eugenio, third baseman for the Seattle Mariners, gets moved to the D-backs. And this move makes me like my D-backs a little bit less. And I don't actually know why. And I, no, I take that back. I do know why. It's because of, it's because he's a Mariner. <laughs> I think overall it just makes them like a it makes them seem a little less scrappy and that's yeah. the thing that we all just like really got on board with about them. So, I get it. Yeah. I get but, why it makes you feel that way. But Eugenio Suarez um over there at third base Evan Longoria was over there. Um who was the other one? Rivera. So, that will be, you know, a good, a big bat in the lineup. Strikes out a bunch. So maybe, maybe he'll, he'll clean that up a, a titch. I don't know. Gets traded for Sebi Zavala, backup catcher and a reliever. I want to say that apparently throws fire. Doesn't know where the fuck it's going. 
hmm. looking through really fast. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of relief pitchers these days. Yeah. So, so um, but you know, I I really like the D-backs and I kind of wish that I lived anywhere close to where I could go watch D-backs games, Kelsey, because they had a fucking ridiculous deal. Yeah, they did. And if I agreed, if I was anywhere near there, it would have been all over that Cyber Monday shit. All 81 home games for $299. Take my money. Ugh. Like what? Like that's so affordable. I almost bought it and along with like, you know, some Southwest miles or something because yeah. it's like three. I mean, obviously not that kind of Asian. This is not a math pod, but I want to say the math ends up being like $3 and 40 cents or something dumb. A ticket. Now, granted, you're, you know, you're going to be in like the, the third deck. That's all but right. Still, get in. It's get in. experience. Get loud. Um, and this is, your team just went to the World Series. Okay? You're not the fucking Oakland A's. Like, I would have expected this for the Oakland A's. Right. No, it's so affordable that even if you did want to buy, like, upgraded tickets for, you know, a handful of games, it would still be worth it to get this for the other ones. And even, like, StubHub them the days you don't use them, you know? Actually, you cannot do that. Oh, you cannot do that. Okay. You that's can't fair. do that. That's you can't fair. transfer them. You can't resell them. And I want it so, like, so you buy this. The day of the game, you go and they will release the blocks yeah. of seats, and then you oh, okay, cool. Then you choose your seat, and then if you want to upgrade, you can upgrade for but yeah, I'm like, bro, I would I would do this in a fucking heartbeat. Absolutely. Like $299 is what I would spend on like two tickets for decent seats to an Astros home game. Yep. Same here in Chicago. And that's not including yep. parking and food and drinks. Yep. You know, like that would be so, that would almost be so fucking affordable that I'd be like, oh, I can take my family for. Yeah. That like, because my girls are like, mom, when are we going to go to a game? Um, When you can sit through a game and I don't <laughs> waste my money. That's, that's, that's when, when you're you 16 go. and you can pay for your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. I, yeah, I was so mad. And I know like various fan bases were like shouting this deal out and I'm all D-backs. Did you mean to have like another nine on there somewhere? Like maybe another two? Right. <laughs> I, I feel like this is ridiculously low pricing, but whatever. You know, I'd be interested to see, maybe it'll come out like how many of these packs that they sold because... Yeah, I mean, I think it's great for the um, the team is going to be really excited about it because they'll just have a more full stadium more regularly. And yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I mean, like, you get to watch that, like, super fun young core yeah. of fucking, like, Corbin Carroll. Uh, I was going to say Corbin Burns. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's not that's not part of the young core, guys. That's, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Burns um, to the Diamondbacks. Ooh. We'll clip it. That would, be, that would be fucking sexy. As that would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You want to talk about a three-headed monster? Fuck I don't know if all those uh 299 ticket packs are gonna pay for Corbin Burns, but all of them, all of them. All, all of them. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how many we sold first. Yeah. 
circle back Good on night. that. Um, <laughs> all right. So, but yeah, the um, the Astros, the Astros, finally, 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 named Josue Josue Espada as our general manager, um, and now we're like, um, hi, who's gonna be our bench coach? Omar Lopez, come on down. Omar Lopez was our first base coach, beloved, love him, and basically brought back the entire coaching staff, minus one guy. I don't know what happened to Dan Farova. I don't know if he retired. Mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly happened to him, but. Interesting. So, um, but yeah, most of all of our guys came back. Our first base coach um, is filled by Dave Clark. I did not do my research, but apparently Dave Clark used to be an Astros player. Hmm. He was in our minor league system. Um, He was a coach for our minor league system as well. So it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, kind of keeping everything in-house. And my cat screaming. (laughs) Screaming at me. Susie, shut up. We don't want to hear about the fucking Astro. Shut up. I'm so embarrassed, Rasha. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, Normally, it would be like my cat, like yelling at me to give them food, but that's okay. It's yours. Um, But yeah, so we basically up uploaded upgraded everybody um one spot so joe spot is our manager omar lopez is our new bench coach alex centron and troy snicker back as our hitting coaches oh and jason cancer excuse me uh gary pettis was our third base coach there was rumors there was rumors that gary pettis was going to the angels but joe Espada talked him out of it and was like what are you doing gary like you got to stay here bro so i was very excited about that um, Josh Miller as our pitching coach, Bill Murphy as our bullpen coach, Tommy Kawamura as our game planning coach. Do you guys have a game planning coach? That does not sound like a title that I'm familiar with, but it sounds like a title that Yadier Molina might have soon. So we're still waiting on what his official title is going to be. Uh, Daniel Descalzo, who is a former infielder for the Cardinals, and he actually was a special assistant with the Diamondbacks this year and help them win the pennant so he's going to be the new bench coach for the cardinals and the job was offered to yadier molina but obviously as he has just retired from major league baseball he still has young kids and he was not looking to commit to being gone uh away from his kids that regularly for the entire season so they're still kind of working something out but maybe game plan and coach i mean that sounds like what he must have been doing since they couldn't plan anything for games uh, to win any. Without <laughs> him. Right. So, I like it. Yeah. Um, Jason Bell comes on as our quality assurance. Hmm. I, I don't, I don't know what that is either. Uh, John yeah. it's a key word there. Yeah. Uh, catching coach, Michael Collins and our bullpen catcher, Javier Brocamonte. So um, our, our staff, Astro staff fully, fully back. Promoting within, I was thinking that uh, maybe our AAA manager, um, Mickey, Mickey something, I don't remember Mickey's last name. I I was thinking that maybe he would get a bump, but that's okay, because we got everybody else. Um, And I think that's it. Oh, I lied. I lied. We got to talk about one more thing, Kelsey. What is it? Hall 
of Fame ballads came out. The Hall of Fame ballad. Yeah. Hall of Fame ballads, guys. I'm so excited to talk about the Hall of Fame ballads. All right, I've got. I'm gonna. I I have a couple big feelings about the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to say mine really quick because then I want you to get on your soapbox and, and go off for us. Oh, okay. I think Adrian Beltre could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So that was something that was interesting to me about this year. And then I think this is Todd Helton's year. He was very close behind Scott Rowland uh, getting voted in last year. Only needs those last few percentage points, I think. So I think this is the year for the Rockies' Todd Helton those are the two that were the most interesting and the ones that I'm I'm watching out for. Go, Susie. Okay. So let me read off, let me read off the list of all of the people on the Hall of Fame ballot this this season. Uh Bobby Abreu, Jose Batista, Carlos Beltran, and Adrian Beltre, Mark Burley, Mark Bartolo Colon, Adrian Gonzalez, Todd Helton, Matt Holliday, Tori Hunter, Andrew Jones, Victor Martinez, Joe Maurer, Andy Pettit, Brandon Phillips, Manny Ramirez, Jose Reyes, Alex Rodriguez, Francisco Rodriguez, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, James Shield, Chase Utley, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, David Wright. Now, most of you guys know if you have listened to um, if you've listened to Bourbon and Baseball at all, you know that there has there's a before baseball Susie and an after baseball Susie. Before baseball Susie is like basically anything before 2018. A lot of these players obviously played before 2018, guys. Okay. So I really only have very strong feelings about one of these brilliant, brilliant motherfuckers. Billy Wagner. Why? Why? BBWA, what the fuck are we doing? Why is Billy Wagner not in the Hall of Fame yet? What what are y'all doing? Is it I asked this question on my Twitter and Billy Wagner retweeted my tweet. And so now we are close personal friends. Um, you ain't, can't tell me shit because he retweeted my tweet and he liked another post of mine. So me and Billy Wags like this. I love I, that for you. I now I now have to campaign. I mean, so like now your full-time job to campaign yeah. for him. To get I mean, him I was going to anyways, but now it's like even more so. But also I asked this on Twitter and literally asked like, why has Billy Wagner gotten in and it, and is it is it because he wasn't on a team for long enough? Was it because he's a reliever? And the overall answer that I got was that he was a reliever and that he wasn't on like one of the big quote unquote teams. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And we looked it up on our on our first show that we did that never got aired because Streamyard fucking hates us um but he was on the astros for a long time the mets the braves the phillies so mets social media admin where the fuck are you i need you to get on your high horse i need you to like start advocating and start campaigning for billy wagner because let me read you as i type let me read you billy wagner's career fucking stats these are insane, y'all. Fucking insane. Like, 422 saves as a, as a closer. 
with an ERA of 2.31. What? What? 1,196 strikeouts. Now, I know this is not a math pod and I'm not that Asian, but I feel like that's a lot of fucking strikeout guys. A lot. For a reliever. Yeah. Especially. 16 seasons. Like, so, um, Mets admin, Phillies admin, he was with the Phillies for two years. I need y'all to get on your social admin, like, horse and get it and start campaigning. So, from last season to this season, um, he got, I want to say, like, 51% to 68%. Mm. This is his ninth year on the ballot. All right. This is it. Okay. Like, if he doesn't get it now, like... Tenth year. Listen, Kelsey's cat also campaigning <laughs> for Billy Wags. Billy, okay. like, vote Billy in. Vote Billy in. Bring this cat. I want to see this cat. Like, that's like I, screaming. He's first of all, he's not even close to me. This is how oh loud he is. Like, I, that's so funny. He's not, he's also over twenty pounds. So, oh my, is it I a Maine Coon, or is he, he just probably, fat? I mean, he probably is some kind of a a Maine Coon. He he's a shelter cat, so who knows? But he's a really big dude. That's yeah, funny. Listen, okay, like Kelsey's cat needs BBWA to like get with the program. Okay, loud and clear. All right, get with the program and vote Billy Wags in. Like I again, I don't have very strong feelings on on basically anybody else except for Billy Wagner. Is that bias? I think the way that. Sometimes the thing that makes the difference of guys getting into the Hall of Fame or not is how the game evolves and then allows their career to be put in perspective. And I feel like surely, like compare his career to some current day relievers and like put that perspective on it and get in the hell in the Hall of Fame. I I need Billy Wags in the in the Hall of Fame. Um, his kid Will Wagner in our system now. Love it. Like. I, I need this Cinderella story to be complete. Like, and I'm actually really kind of sad that he ended his career in Atlanta and not with the Astros, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, I think, I think that's it. Do we have anything else that we need to go over? Ooh. Well, we had a lot to catch up on, but yeah. fortunately it'll be probably be less than a week from now until we're back with you all again. So we'll be back at it and the winter meetings are just around the corner. So Keep that mic hot for Cashman. Hopefully it doesn't end up shitty again. Wash your hands, y'all. Oh, yeah. Okay, like. (laughs) Good point. Yeah, bring your Purell. Wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. I don't know why that has to be said. Like, what are y'all doing over there? Good night. You gotta remind rich white men of a lot of things the rest of us don't need to be reminded of. So maybe that's it. (laughs) It's true. It's true, Kels. It's very true. So um, with that, we are going to say goodnight. Um, but before we do, go give us a five-star rating. Five stars. Anything less is a felony. And if you know that, if you know that reference, you can listen to this show. There's going to be people that'll be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, drop us a five-star uh, rating if you feel the need, please give us a written review. We would love that. Drop a follow on um, YouTube. Go follow Kelsey. 
go follow Kelsey's podcast, Peace, Love, and Baseball. You would love that as well. And with that, we are going to end the show and say goodnight. And yay, baseball. Yay, baseball. I'm going to end the stream now. Okay. I feel like I have.